Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Worldwide. We are coming from you from Spotify, Apple, and YouTube, or wherever the hell you can find us on the vast world of podcasting. I am your host, the natural born killer himself, Sick Vic. With me is one of my colleagues. He is Mad Mex, the hardcore micro wrestler. How you doing, sir? Doing all right. Doing all right. Gentlemen, let's do this. Our guest today, he started off in pro wrestling as a big fan, and he had dreams of becoming a wrestler himself. He is a licensed masseur, DJ, media producer. He does, does everything. And he's also from Finland, and our favorite promotion in Finland, Slam Wrestling. He is Johnny McMetal. How you doing, sir? Good to be here. Good to be here. Nice to meet you guys also. Like, well face-to-face <laughs> but uh yeah yeah nice to be your your guest here today i appreciate you coming on today so so far in your wrestling career if you can describe it using one word what word would that be and why <sighs> shit uh not that word uh uh one word you're putting on a very difficult questions uh let's say it's um it's being a can I put one word like work in progress? No, you it's can. not. Yeah. But it's it's been it's been it's been a it's been a it's been a hard road. Why is that? Well, starting uh, the first wrestlers in Finland, two thousand and three, uh, and basically we had to start from a scratch. There was no wrestling in Sweden. There was no wrestling in Estonia. There was no wrestling around. The only place there was wrestling was in Norway. And uh, and the next from that, maybe Germany. So pretty far away. Uh, so basically, we start from nothing. Uh, and uh, we started with, uh, with crowds of a uh, few tents and working it up. Uh, starting as the first wrestlers in Finland, starting to make them uh the people in in our country in finland to understand that there is wrestling in finland uh and there was no there was no one to from to learn from basically like uh, uh in our country we had to bring the the stars from other countries to to finland to learn how to do this shit and you know Starting from uh, from nothing and building it up, it's been a long road. So, how old were you when you started your training as a professional wrestler? I was eighteen and a half. What so I was just uh, I got out of uh, I got out of, out of um, the the we had to do in Finland we had to do the civil service for for our, our country uh, in army. So I came from army and started wrestling straight away. So what eighteen was, and a half. What was harder, the army or uh, in training for wrestling? Well, because I love wrestling, it was fun. So I had to say the army was more hard. <laughs> so what what school did you go to for wrestling? Uh, back then we we called it uh, the Valhalla Pro Wrestling. I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, it was the um, the, uh, the Starbuck, the rebel, the Canadian rebel, he, he was uh, our trainer. 
the main coach and we had a couple of uh, assistant coaches and uh, uh well Valhalla Pro Wrestling sounds really good uh I, I, I miss that we we had that good cool name there Valhalla <laughs> that's a cool promotion name yeah. that is cool so in the ring for people who haven't seen you wrestle tell us about your in-ring style in-ring style well uh I guess like from from when, when I start wrestling um uh, I was playing this PlayStation game there. The PlayStation 2 had these uh these Raw versus SmackDown games. And so and I made my own character there and everything. So I kind of had it in my mind already when I was playing those games. Uh what if I would be a real wrestler? What would I be like? So I I made uh so I made it to character as much as myself and I've been kind of doing it myself also. So it's more like you could use these names like a street brawler and uh, maybe a grabbler, maybe. Well, I also depending if I'm a face or a heel, of course. When I'm a face, I'm, I'm doing more flying stuff. I'm more energetic. When I'm heel, I have to, to try to put this face down and 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 do the mean stuff so it depends a bit but mostly just slamming punching brawling speaking about being a face or a heel we we prefer being both both have their own own sides um sadly it is much easier to be heel uh, like if you just understand how to be heel what's the principles of being heel uh then you just have to ditch everything the hopes for being the superstar or something you just have to be your main job is to get the fucking people hate you that's the main job of the heel uh so so they will cheer up the face and that is pretty easy to be honest it's everybody knows how to be an asshole <laughs> so so that's the easy part the harder if you want to challenge you need to if you, then you go for fa being fa face but as being face also your capability to be face uh, is much dependent on on heel if he doesn't do, do his job well then and it's really fucking hard to be a superhero <laughs> so i i'll pick up the heel it's then i'm 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 the guy who's kind of like carrying on the on the match my job is uh, i had the challenge there to to be good heel and uh, also also my job is kind of easy next what about you do you did you prefer being a face or a heel well i was put in as a face and in, in state of missouri and then i came to kentucky and they're like all right you're a heel i'm like what have you never done heel before? Uh, uh, no, sir. He goes, you know what you do as a face? I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, do the total opposite. Said, oh, okay. You know, and I went out there. I even ran out there and hit this guy in the back. He, he, I blindsided him, hit him with a chair in the back, and they cheered for me. And I'm like, I, I'm the bad guy. You're not supposed to be cheering for me. And I, I pulled the biggest heel 
spot ever. I took the guy's mask off him and they came out of their chairs. And I'm like, you guys are sick. <laughs> I'm the bad guy. And I got, you know, I beat this guy with a chair. I even took his mask and you got a chair for me. And the promoter, you know, we go in the back and the promoter's like, Max, you can never do heel. I'm like, you think? I mean, I, I pulled, you know, I cheated. You know, I did like Eddie. I cheated, lied, and I steal. And I still ended up getting the crowd behind me. You, you, so, nowadays, you understand what you did wrong there. Yeah, I'm like, why? You know? <laughs> Eddie Guerrero was really bad heel. <laughs> I mean, the, even the promoter was my manager, and he's he's telling me, you know, go out there when he turns that corner, that slap hands, run out there and hit him in the back with the chair. Like, okay, and he goes, just do everything I tell you. I said, all right, I did everything, and I got thrown out of the ring. And he goes, get in there, cheat, and you know, upper, you know, low blowing, D, you know, DD team, and then when you win take his mask, biggest hill spot. I'm like, all right. I went and I did it and I pulled it up and I was standing over and I pulled it up and I put it over my head. These kids just jumped out of their chairs trying to get over the barricade. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do nothing right, you know? And that's when the promoter's like, come on, come on. And we got in the back, he goes, you can never do heel. So, but... I was with a tag team partner in St. Joe's, Missouri called Tag Team 187. And he was a bad guy and I was a baby face. And we kind of like combined it together. And the crowd loved us. But they booed Brad every time he got in that ring. Cheered you. Every, every time. And I'm like, oh my God. And he get, you know, I go, he tagged me for the hot tag and man, the crowd just go nuts. And I mean, I, you know, we ended up wrestling uh, Visceral, Big Daddy V in a handicap match. And Brad got picked up for a powerbomb. And when they landed in that ring, that whole skirt, I was around the ring, all of it just flew out and came back down, you know, and I mean, this guy's seven foot, well, he dropped down to about like five, 500 pounds, and he picked Brad up over his head and powerbombed him, and it, it was, it. I even got scared, because the way he landed was, didn't look good, but God, man, the sound of it, Jeez. you know, But, That's the magic of that. We just had our, a good conversation about the sounds in a ring. Like, uh, like the sounds are a very important part of the, 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 the matches. Like, if you don't hear the punch, if you don't hear the slam, if you don't hear anything, nobody believes it happening. Right. Now, do you guys have a microphone underneath your ring, or is it just straight... That's you know. one of the most asked, frequently asked questions. If we go to the to the green crowd, I mean, green crowd is the crowd that has never seen wrestling before or live. They may be seen it in TV, but not live. 
the first questions they always ask, do you have a microphone underneath the ring? You'd think, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't either. So when you get slammed, that is your body hitting that canvas. And, you know, it gives just a little, just a little. It ain't like landing on a mattress, a, you know, a mattress and then, you know, oh, okay, no big deal. But no, when you get picked up and slammed on that ring, you feel it. Definitely. You definitely feel it, for sure. So, Johnny, tell us about your finisher. What is your finisher and why is it your finisher of choice? Uh, at this at this moment, exact moment we we're talking about here, uh, I don't think I have finisher. My finisher basically is the Dominator, uh, uh, which is funny that I I I just figured I need I want I need a move that a finisher move that really has an impact. So a powerful move, you pick up the guy. Lift on a shoulder, you slam it on a on a on a on a ring, uh, face down. So, Dominator from uh, from the golden nineties and eighties wrestling, the good era of the wrestling. So, I think nobody does it in a anymore anywhere. So, I, I figured that might be something that if nobody does it, then it might be something that I should use. Now, growing up, who were the wrestlers that you idolized? Who were the wrestler? Who? Yes. I what? What wrestler did you idolize? Idolize, yes. Uh, <sighs> when I was a kiddo. A teenager and I was watching wrestling from TV when possible and playing the games. Uh, the biggest one for me was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, that's why they're brawling style. Uh, later on, it's it's funny to think that um, that if you look back now, like it, when I was sixteen. I didn't know shit about wrestling for real. Uh, all I knew was what I was watching from TV, right? Uh, playing the games, you know, and stuff like that. So that's all I knew about the wrestling, what's happening really. And uh, and now later on, like, what, 20, 20 25 years later, that uh, looking back and you're, you're looking at what did I idolize in Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, back then, well, he was just, he was a fucking cool guy drinking beer and beating up people. So that was basically the, the, the whole thing about why I idolized him. And nowadays, when I understand more about wrestling, uh, the psychological there uh, and the stories and, and everything, you, you really understand more, you value different kind of uh, aspects in him. Stone Cold Steve Austin has had a lot of classic matches. What, were you, what was your favorite match with Austin? Yeah, I didn't have any 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 favorite match. Just you know, like I don't put up one match. It's I should maybe one day, but it would take a lot of time to just watch all the matches in a row. You know, like a marathon and and try to pick up one. But it's more like as a wrestler, you you kind of um, 
nowadays you start to understand that uh, you use you have like let's say five different moves that you use basically all the time you build up your match around those five moves you have to learn you have to know the basics of the wrestling you have to uh, you have to be able to work with anyone uh, in a in a second's notice and and so on and so on there's uh, these kind of stuff that now you that when you're actually professional wrestler and you're you're um, uh, you have a lot of matches behind you hundreds of matches then you start to understand these things and and then you then you start to pick up these things and you value those things instead of like just the one match what about for you though i mean what in your career what's some of the matches you've you've been in personally that is your favorite can you hear me Oh, you're talking to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm talking to, you're talking to him or me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to our guests, our main event for tonight. Next, you're cool, but you know, you've been on. We've talked to you personally many times. This is McMeadows' night. It's his time to shine. So, Johnny, what matches in you in your career are your favorite? <sighs> I wish I even remember all my matches. Um, sometimes you just kind of see a picture of your match from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and you're like, oh, I fought against him too? Right, wow. Yeah, I remember something about that match. But there's... Um, I got to say that, that my... my my story with uh, the feud with uh, with Starbucks, uh, the Rebel Canadian Rebel Starbucks. I I loved the feud for it had actual personal uh, like clashing there. We weren't looking too much out from eye to eye back then, like two thousand ten, and and uh, and we had a feud and and it was pretty good because it started up when i was i had i was um i was doing my my uh reality tv era then and uh i was running around the country doing well promotional stuff uh and stuff and stuff uh, and then i wanted to come back to wrestling and i came back to wrestling and and we start our feud with uh, with starbucks uh, with I was just in a crowd in one 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 show and and I came in from the crowd to interfere the match uh, match and uh, I grabbed a Starbucks to uh, hold and his opponent was smashing him with the, with the phone or something it was a hardcore match or something and 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 it was like like I was just a random guy entering the the match from from the crowd and. Um, was fun and so our feud started from there and we did that for the feud for a year or something and and it was fun i i mean i don't i don't like just the one match i like the stories because you can do a one match with anyone and it can be good or bad but to build up a good story that's that's the real thing since you've done hardcore matches before what's the hardest object you've been hit with Chair, chair, really? Uh, I, I, I get. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was in this match, hardcore match with. Uh, I think it was uh, a four-way or something. It was a lot of guys there, 
four four guys i think it was and uh i was i was uh i was sitting on the on the on the top buckle on a quarter there holding my my nuts there like i think i i got some somebody pushed the ropes and i dropped on the on the on the rope and and holding my nuts there oh he hurts on my nuts and and then uh wild man Haymock comes the finnish wrestler he comes and smashes me with that with a steel chair straight to my head and because i was holding myself on the ropes i couldn't put anything on on on, on oh, between no. there so the steel 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 stair <laughs> chair straight to my face like there was nothing between there and it was it was really hard punch so <laughs> he's, he's he's crazy in the ring so when he swings a chair at you that's not pretty he wasn't holding back i can't <laughs> tell you that it was my fault i didn't put any my hand on there i could have it's just get my other hand there and put my hand on there between there. But I do Did you do break that. your nose? Did you break your nose? No, no, it came straight to that forehead, so it was good. Oh wow! So the only time I broken my nose uh, was actually in the training hall. I was uh, when I well, was the first year when I was still training. Training. Uh, training for for wrestling, you uh, know, in, in wrestling school, and um, and I was just training for running ropes, and I think it was the upper uh, upper um, line. It was uh, I think it was a little bit loose, and I run there. I was running really fast, bam, 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 back and forth, and all of a sudden it slips from underneath my my. Uh, from from overneath my 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 shoulder and i go back to the from from the through the ropes the second and the third rope and nothing there is okay but the whiplash that i'm coming back up and the rope is coming straight back to my face so the rope oh. broke my, my nose wow. <laughs> now, did, you so have, did you guys have Original rope or straight cable? No, or it, it was it was uh it was uh, just uh oh, how do you say it? Um, original. It's not not cable. No, oh. it was just line fabric. But I I didn't know if I should laugh. I would think I was laughing because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But that's the only time I broke my nose in a in a wrestling ring. What is the worst word injury you've sustained in wrestling? Uh, I think I uh, broke my two two um, two ribs uh, on on my back backside. Uh, from uh, it was also during the training time. We had this big guy uh, training. Then I think it was called Mook, which is like I don't know how you say it, uh, translate it in English, but anyways, it's like a word that describes a big lobby guy anyways so he was a big guy and we wanted to have him like a dart waiter you know was it not no dart waiter. No, was there a wrestler named dart waiter? anyways a big guy um uh and um we did we watched we were training a gut wrench suplex and uh 
he was supposed to train to do it because big guys, so it's a big guy move. So, you you know, and I was the small guy. And uh, so I was, the, uh, um, I was the training doll for him. So he lifts me up and in middle of the air, right up in the, in the, the most up point that you have it in there, he stops the move. Like he forgets that how he's supposed to land from there. So he stops the move there. And because the momentum and I'm expecting to go down and landing on my back, but the stop movement stops and he's still holding. And so my body twists and he, he kind of like uh, panics from it. And then he releases and I'm trapping straight on my, on my, on my uh, neck down to the canvas. So, so there I broke my, my two ribs. It was really, I couldn't breathe for, for a few minutes. And uh, next month was really painful. The, the, if I was sneezing, it hurt. If I was laughing, it hurt. It was just fucking not. It was just annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've never broken a rib before. I've bruised them before. And yeah, you're right. It's just in your core. You know, you're just moving at all. It, it sucks. It's just, that's the only way to describe it. It sucks. It sucks. I broke, I broke my whole rib cage five minutes into a match. I just thought I'd knock the wind out of myself. And... I finally got back, you know, I was like, all right, got to continue on. And we did it. And I went for my finisher and I picked him up. And then when I went to bend over, I felt my bone, the bones of my rib cage rub against each other. I'm like, oh, yeah, I broke them. And I finished it, did the match, got done, got paid. And my luckily, I took my son, one of my boys with me. And he's like, can I drive home? I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to. He goes, what's wrong? I said, we, we may have to go to the hospital. He goes, what happened? I said, I think I broke my ribs. I said, matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I broke them. And uh, I was supposed to, I did a day show. And I was supposed to go do an evening show in uh, Central City, Kentucky. And I went to say hello to my wife in concessions. And she went to hug me. And she grabbed that side. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, oh. And she goes, What's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing. And she looked, and my whole side was bruised. And she goes, What happened? I said, I just got the wind knocked out of me. And she went and poked me and realized, oh, she goes, No, you broke them. So they wouldn't let me wrestle that show. After the show was over. We went to the emergency room, got checked out. And doctor's like, yeah, you broke your whole rib cage. And I just started my new job of that week. Construction work or office work. Oh, like, oh my gosh. But I, I wrapped my, I had a, break, a back brace that I wore very, very, very tightly on me. And I ended up working and just kept on going like that. and. Still wrestle like that as well. It took about a month for me to finally, you know, they, you got to take a break, Max, because you're never going to heal. You keep on. Yeah, that is so, the thing. That, it's, it hurt. 
I ain't gonna lie, it hurt. Yeah, if you break your rib bones, that is just yeah. that is just awful. Definitely. So have yeah. you had any? Have you had any fan issues with fans, like any fans that th think they're like, you know, bigger than the wrestler and try to take a swing at you or throw anything at you? No, not, 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 no. I've been, I've been good, if you can say good with, uh, with, with the crowd mm -hmm. and audience. Um, like it's only verbal that I'm, I'm doing with them. I'm not touching them and, and they are, like they are they don't in finland they don't interfere too much like there might be some cases when you're doing like these special shows in uh which are the wrestling show inside a bigger event uh, there might be some people that are green audience and they don't understand their the rules sometimes that no touching the same as the strip clubs no touching <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh but i haven't been victimized by my fans so far it's like um i've been luck like i've been in luck with that you also have two other side gigs besides wrestling a dj and a masseur how's that going how, how do you balance everything it's difficult i can't tell and the more age you have there it's you don't recover the same as yeah as when we were 20s so basically during the weekends um well let's go back 10 years from now uh my basic friday was that i go to the i do the job day at work uh then i go to djing for nights and then i wake up in a saturday morning and go to the uh, the, the wrestling venue after sleeping like five six hours and build up the ring and you know the the, the basic stuff and and we check out everything works out and and then have then comes the evening and i do my rest we do the wrestling show i do my match and then after the match i have a quick shower if possible not not always even that and and change my gear and and head back to the car and drive to the to the gig to play dj gig for for night <laughs> so it's a Sunday morning when you wake up after the that kind of Friday Saturday. You're just you're just dead. I'm not saying you just stay in bed. <laughs> but 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 I've never done uh, two wrestling shows in a in a day. So I don't know. That might be also pretty brutal. How old are How old are you? Yeah, I'm now thirty nine. I guess. Give it a couple of years, five, six hours of sleep so doesn't cut it. No, no. And, no and you, yeah, like, I, need, I need seven or eight or an oxygen mask. Seven is, a, seven is my minimum nowadays, yeah. So before a match, what is the ideal pre-match meal you like to have? I don't know. It's anything that is just greasy basically burgers grill food whatever you know pizza whatever it's just as much carbs and 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 calories as possible uh, possible and and to recover has there ever been a time where you ate something in the middle of a match you feel like you puke mm, not not to the puking part but yeah no 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 
No, I, I'm, I've been always, because I've been doing sports my entire life, so I understand, I've always understood the, the limit that with eating and doing sports. So even when I'm do, doing the gym, I don't, I don't eat greasy meal two hours before, <laughs> before the gym. So I've always been smart with that, but I've seen a lot of guys who are doing like uh, pre-workouts uh, before before the match to, to get a boost, uh, energy boost to, for the match, and they've been puking out because too much too much sweet stuff or something. I don't know what's, but I've, I've seen people puking out from from pre-workouts before the match. Puking, lucky. Most pre-workouts make you want to shed. <laughs> That's, that's experience that's all I know that is true I mean I won't eat you know I'll eat in the morning and everything to have a good meal to last me till the end of the show and all and I'll start getting my gear on and I'm like well I'll wait till I have to go pee or do my business about an hour goes by I'm like all right and I'll put the rest of my gear on and as soon as I put the last piece on me I'm like shit everybody's like what gotta go take a shit now so gotta walk all the way down there and take all my stuff off it takes me about 45 minutes to get all my gear on and i gotta rub myself down with alcohol open my pores and then i rub muscle cream on my body on my joints and all and then i put my wraps on then my braces then my gear you're gone luckily i'm just i got wraps all Luckily, I'm just wearing my, my tights and that's also it's easy. I wish I was like that, but I can't I can't do it. No my life, I'll dislocate my arm or something during the match or something. When we when we started wrestling 2004 doing the first shows in Finland, uh, uh, then we, we had we all we we didn't we started small, really small. The, the training hall that we had, we did the shows there. So uh, the problem was that it was like these house shows, you could say, because we didn't want to risk renting a venue because we didn't know if people would come. Um, that would be very easy way to bankrupt yourself even if, right in the beginning. So we did the house shows. We had the training hall, people coming in there yeah uh, and um the the toilets were actually downstairs there where where the people where the crowd was so there was no there was this stairwell back up to the locker room we had and there was no toilet there so entire show you just had to hold it there and if you had to pee uh you took uh we had small uh, uh empty bottles uh, soda bottles there you had to pee the, uh, the, the soda bottle if you had to pee before the before a match had to practice your aim <laughs> <laughs> screw that i was go outside behind the building let's screw it it's like pee in the building fuck that so for any young uh guy or female who's getting into the business what advice would you give to them I'd say be humble uh, because 
I, I, during these 20 years of wrestling that I've done, uh, I was 18 when I started. So I understand, I totally understand. But even during these uh, 20 years and grown up during this time, I've seen too many young people coming in and they are like, like, I have this vision, I have this ideology of what is real wrestling and you guys should be doing the same. Like, dude, you just walked in here and you're telling us how this business should be done. No, that's not how it goes. Exactly. That's, you get them everywhere. Yeah. Thinking, you know, or else they'll say, well, yeah, I know how to wrestle. Well, who trained you? Oh, I watched it on TV. Mm. We all have our favorites, like favorite styles of wrestling. There's a, uh, many styles of wrestling in in world, uh, but there's no just one. There's no just one real thing. You have you have to respect them all. Exactly. So, what are some of your short and long term goals in the business? Well, when I turned thirty ten years ago, almost. I, I made a reality check for myself. Before I was 30, I, was, I had goals for, for moving on to the world, you know, going to States, start my wrestling career there, take it up and so on. But after I was 30, I made reality check for, for myself and realized that I'm getting old for this business. Like, well, if you look at like some guys wrestling still on their 60s almost. So basically I'm not old, but I start to feel it in my bones. And I had to realize that uh, that the world was, it was still too difficult to get onto the world 10 years ago. Now it's much more, much more likely. It's very easy now on 2020s. To, to get yourself working on, on other countries around the world. But, but the competition is still tough. And, and I'm, my goals when I was less than 30 was to get to the, the, throughout, to get off from the Finland, to get to the, where most of the states to wrestle and, and make a bigger career there. But of the 30, my, I'm just having fun. <laughs> that's the best way to be. That's that's what everyone gets to wrestling yeah. for. I think people lost that vision. It's just to have fun. Yeah. I mean, I I also did, I did a bit the other day. Max, tell me if you agree or disagree with this. I thought the WWAE is what makes wrestling fake because you know just they pipe in the noises. They lie about the numbers. It's like everything they do, you always have to question. But like like slam wrestling or independent wrestling, you watch that, and it's real. It's much more real. Yes. But the reason why the reason why is because these gentlemen, these individuals, are have the passion. Once they get to the big show, they. Uh, I'm here, so why do I have to have the passion anymore? I just I'm here for a paycheck. That's you know? that's the thing, yeah, yeah. You have a really good, really good point there, Mike. Um, like 
if you look at the, the videos, the matches that uh, the wrestlers that are, are on the WWE and uh, AEW and so the matches they had, let's go back 15 years ago when they were still coming in, they had to show them, they had to, they had to pay their dues. Uh, you know, like they had to put their best that they, they, they had everything. They were more athletic. They were more, uh, they had more passion. They were more uh, passionate there. They had everything. They had still the fire and, and then they go to the big leagues and, and the big leagues come and now you got to do this. You got to dye your hair like this. You got to, you got to act like this. You got to, you got to talk like this. You got to do it. They tell you everything that you are. So you don't, you are not able to perform individually anymore. You you cannot do what you want to do. You just paid to do whatever they tell you to do. And that's the pipeline straight down. Yeah, I recently read an article about the WWE about how they like to use piping the noise in the crowd. So let's say like Johnny McMetal comes to the ring and he's supposed to be a heel, but people cheer him on. They'll pipe in boos and like hisses, you know, to make him seem like a, a heel on TV. And I was just like, where's the where's the magic of professional wrestling when they're doing that? It's like yeah, well, also... Isn't the, isn't the audience, like, voice more important than anything else to make wrestling, like, magic? Well, it's a, it's a good question, indeed. Uh, like, for example, I was just having this match on Bamba uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, and uh, because I'm from Tampere myself, originally, and and I was introduced there as, as um, a wrestler who is coming from Tampere. So I was like the home home uh, home guy, but I was supposed to be heel, and they start cheering me uh, when I entered straight from the entrance. They start cheering me, and um, so I had to make the decision when this when the ring bell uh, rang. So am I gonna go with the crowd, or am I gonna go what I'm supposed to be done, like I'm supposed to be heel? So I think I thought like, okay, I'll go tweener. Um, I'm not gonna give the audience what they want, except the, the beating that I, I was supposed to be, give, be giving anyways. But um, so it, it's a tough place. If I'm, if I'm working for the company, I'm supposed to be doing, uh, well, in the independent wrestling is of, of course different thing because you, kind of like you cannot just go you have to listen to the crowd that's the thing in independent wrestling when you go to the big leagues you are working for the company and they don't give a shit about the crowd so <laughs> therefore i understand the the why they are not working for the crowd in the big leagues because the company tells them to not to right because it would ruin their storyline <laughs> Because I believe the independent wrestlers, the independent wrestling organizations are a thousand times better than WWE due to the fact, the only thing that's different is that we, you guys don't have IRO and, you know, television and all that and all the stuff that WWE's got, but you guys make up with it 
with your talent. Yeah. And, you know, my hat's off to y'all in the independent wrestling organizations. You guys live, breathe it. It runs through your veins. It goes in your veins, through your heart, through the rest of your whole body. So my that's that's the passion that you got to have to make it in this business, to make a that's, name for it. It's that, like, in the big leagues, they have, <clears throat> they have them. The reels, highlight reels, everything. You have a TV commercials. You have everything to tell the story. You have a lot of time and right. and 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 spreadsheet to tell the story that you want to tell. You're you're telling the before the match. You, you might even see some like uh, like a real what's happened before kind of real thing. Yeah, so they're telling. They are already telling people previously before the match starts that why are you going to cheer this guy. So they are telling who is heel, who is face, and why. Uh, and so they don't have to work with that. But when you go to a, to, to a live live wrestling show uh, as an independent wrestling, uh, then you don't have that luxury. You have to tell the story with your character, how you present yourself there in that moment. And and that is that is not the easy part. That is the difficult part. So, what events do you have coming up for you? Right now, there's a lot of lot of events happening during the summertime here in Finland uh, for Slam Wrestling. But for me, we're going to Estonia on on July uh, to this um, this castle. There's some castle there, and there's going to be some event there, and we are going to be part of that event, the wrestling show. So that's in July, so I have one month to prepare for that. My my son decided to look like the Joker. I thought he was doing spaghetti. (laughs) No, he he just took markers and he said hi. I thought he ate like uh, like a blueberries or something. <laughs> uh, I wish he ate that healthy, but uh, so where where can people find you on social media? Uh, well, basically on Instagram, uh, I'm the uh, the real real Johnny Ryder, and uh, on on YouTube and Facebook, Johnny Ryder, and. Yeah, basically either one of those, Johnny Ryder or the real Johnny Ryder. That's the two options in basically almost all social medias. Next, do you have any final question or thoughts? Watch wrestling. Where do you see see yourself in five years? Five years. Hopefully still wrestling (laughs) and having fun. Yeah, I, I don't have any goals for for championships or anything. So, so I'm just I'm just having fun, one match at a time, and and hopefully, hopefully, at some point, Slam Wrestling is gonna start writing more story based uh, stuff, and we would hopefully have um, uh, some of our own shows regularly, more than just randomly on different occasions and locations. But that's what I hope for five years from now. Well, Johnny, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on, joining the business worldwide. Hope we didn't make two things too awkward for you. No, no, it's, it's been it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to be 
guest here on on the business worldwide here killing the business worldwide um so hopefully hopefully i was uh satisfying your curiosities about the wrestling life of johnny mcmill and 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 be what happens behind the scenes and everything i appreciate it man thank you very much max thank you for joining me today thank you for joining us thank you thank no you. problem thank you sir and until next time everyone this is killing the business worldwide and we are all out.